There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back, Raider Nation. Welcome back, everyone. Southern California, your only all Raiders talk show. This is Silver and Black tonight. I am Scott Branson, your host. Appreciate you being here with us. It's great to be back. Of course, last week I was out. I got the dreaded COVID. Yes, it took me almost three years, but it finally got me. Doesn't matter. Vaccinated, whatever. I was pretty dang sick. Uh, Had no voice. Couldn't do a show last week. Uh, So I missed you guys. Appreciate you being back with me here. Whether you're listening to us on the Mightier 1090 up and down the West Coast on the Boomer 50,000 watts, just tearing out your eardrums from Baja to the Canadian Rockies. Uh, we're glad to be back with you. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, a lot of folks watch us on YouTube on our simulcast. If you haven't already subscribed on the YouTube channel, go do that. That way, if you miss the show or you want to watch it, you could do it there as well. It's at youtube.com slash silverblack today, and you can subscribe. Don't forget, hit the notifications button if you would, please. Uh, That way you get notified when the show is new. A lot more video content coming up in the coming months, so you definitely want to do that uh, as well. But man, I'll tell you what, I was knocked out. I had no voice, so we had to do a best of show last week. Apologize. always like to do new content, even though we're kind of in the quote-unquote slow period. Um, Just couldn't. I didn't have a voice. I was pretty dang sick, too. You know, it was bad cough. All the stuff you hear about COVID, I know a lot of you out there have had it as well, uh, but it, it knocked me on my backside, man. I, I was just out uh, and for three days really sick, and then I started to feel better for a day, even started to do some work, and then had to shut it down after about 12 hours again as I kind of rebounded. And the biggest thing for me was that antiviral, that Plaxovid. If you do get covid as soon as you test positive and you have symptoms, go to the doctor and get that stuff. It was a lifesaver for me. It really just knocked it out, made me feel better. I couldn't sleep for the first three days because I was coughing so dang much and you can't rest. And they tell you with COVID, you got to have rest, right? So it was crazy. And um, I'll tell you that that was fantastic. The doctors getting me that antiviral made a big deal. We hope everybody out there is healthy uh, and that uh, if you do come down with anything, you get over it quickly. But I am glad to be back here on the air on the Mightier 1090 uh, and talking to you wherever you're listening to us about some Raiders football. Of course, not a ton happening, but there was some news. And we want to go over that first in this segment. Then later, our segment two guest. Chris Knox from Bleacher Report will be here. He's going to tell you the three biggest weaknesses for the Raiders heading into camp here in a few weeks. Most of us know what they are. It's good to always hear from an outside perspective. So we're going to hear from Chris Knox from Bleacher Report. He's going to tell us heading into camp, what are the three things the Raiders really look thin at? And we know some of those because we talk about them here on the show, but always great to hear uh, from a writer who covers the NFL, and Chris is one of those. So we're going to do that 
after the first break. First first uh, segment, we're going to talk news of the day, if you will, and uh, lots to get to. The first thing, and we're going to get to the Indomitian Sioux uh, reports and the back and forth and his comments. We're going to get to that in a minute. But the first thing I wanted to do is Darren Waller. We talked a lot about Darren Waller over the coming weeks, the contract situation. Darren Waller's being a true professional. He's not holding out. He wants a new contract, but he understands they had to take care of some people with more with some more immediacy, like Hunter Renfro, like Derek Carr, and uh, Max Crosby, of course, going back. So, so they had to take care of that. And as I said. You got to take care of Darren Waller. You don't want to lose Darren Waller, but but they can wait till later in the season and and start to look at a contract for next year and pay the man what he deserves. So I think that's the approach they're going to take. But Darren Waller also was on the Jim Rome show. Of course, you hear Jim Rome here on the Mightier 1090 uh, every afternoon, Monday through Friday. Rejoined his original station. Back, of course, was a 690 and then 1090 in San Diego and uh, Jim Rome uh, back home. And uh, he had Darren Waller on his show. And one of the things he talked about, and I want to share it with you guys here in this clip, is around kind of the new mentality. And we've talked a lot about that here on the show, haven't we, over the last few weeks, uh, about how it just feels different. I had Hondo Carpenter on a couple weeks ago, uh, and, and I've had other guests on who all feel the same way I do. And this isn't a slight against other coaches like Gruden and those guys and Mike Mayock, but it just seems as though there is a different kind of uh, uh, mentality, a different type of mindset, a different type of expectation of discipline. And uh, Darren Waller talked about that vibe. He also talked about some of his issues. So I'm going to take you to this clip. If you haven't seen it, it was from earlier this week on the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports video, courtesy of CBS Sports uh, channel as well here. But here is Rome talking to Darren Waller. We'll come back and, and, and talk about his comments here in a second. So I had new safety Deron Harmon on the show recently. Darren, and we were talking about the vibe around the team. Now that Josh McDaniels is in charge, what's that change been like for you? Um, I noticed the change from the jump, you know, just um, a very intense approach to um, not only winning, but just the process of it and how early it starts and how much of a commitment it is and how detailed you have to be in the process of it. Um, I mean, look at, I mean, I think that dude's been a played been nine Super Bowls or something. And so it's just like, you know, when people like that talk and um, share about the process, you know, you listen and you buy in. Um, and so it's, it, they've been they've been honest. They've been challenging us and creating a high standard for what we're trying to do. And I feel like that's not going to do anything but bring the best out of people. All right, so you've got that. And then now you're also in an absolutely stacked AFC West. Not only a new head coach and offensive coordinator, but also the arrival of Devontae Adams. What does he bring to the offense? And then what does that mean for you when there's another major threat on the field? Um, I mean, he brings megastar ability. Um, and a defense can't help but notice and, you know, in the troops at a guy like that, you know. Um, but she's also really just by getting to know him, just a very calm demeanor. Um, and, you know, a guy that doesn't need somebody to set a standard for excellence for him, he's going to go and do it himself. Um, that's been inspiring to be around. So uh, I'm excited to see, you know, just how we all on the offensive side complement each other because we have a lot of guys that can really get things done. 
And, um, you know, as long as guys, you know, stay in the game and bring a level of unselfishness to it and see the value and uh, how you run your route to maybe get somebody else open or free someone else up, like if we can keep that attitude, I feel like there will be incredible balance and it will just be a fun year, especially just for our side of the ball. Well, there you go. There's Darren Waller on the Jim Rome Show. Thanks to the gym folks at Jim Rome for uh, the clip. And, boy, a couple things. Let's let's sort of unpack what he said there. Number one, the kind of vibe, right? The, the idea that when he walked in, he noticed it immediately. And this is what we've heard from not only my brethren and sisters in the media, but also from players consistently. When they talk to us, they say, listen, there's a different mentality here. These guys have been... They've won six Super Bowls, been to nine Super Bowls. There's a different expectation. And the one thing that I I keyed in on that he talked about there, and I don't know if you did as well, which was the idea that to win, you start thinking about that and preparing for it much earlier than uh, before. And I think that's huge. And that's the difference, right? The difference isn't, hey, okay, you're rolling the camp and you start to think about it and you start to get together and, and you start to focus on what your goals are for the season. Uh-uh. These guys, the expectation was set early from Josh McDaniels that they're going to come in. And if you want to win, the expectation is the hard work begins yesterday, right? And so that is huge. The mindset and the mentality around this team around this coaching staff, around this front office, night and day. Again, not a slight on anybody. That's just a different mentality, and they're building a different culture there. We've heard that numerous media reports this week. People who've visited the Raiders facility in Henderson have talked about this. So I think that that is a big deal. And Darren Waller, clearly, these these are all guys that want to win. They've been around it. They've had a taste. They've seen some excitement. The offense has gotten better. There's no question. Devontae Adams, he talked about what that means. And Darren Waller's been very consistent with that, too. He's talked about, yeah, I don't care if... Listen, they're going to have to account for Devontae Adams. They're going to have to account for me. They're going to have to account for Hunter Renfro, okay? There's going to be guys open. You can't double, triple team all these guys. They have a multifaceted uh, monster at, at, at receiver, right? At receiver, at tight end. And this gives them a distinct advantage. Now, we'll talk about the offensive line later in segment two. But still, you could see Darren Waller. He understands and the expectation and how these guys are saying. And it's not a concocted script. And that's why they're saying all the same stuff. This is the expectation. This is why I am so uh, bullish on Josh McDaniels in his second stint as a head coach. His first aborted stint. You got to throw it away. He learned from it. He's talked about that numerous times. But you just get the sense that they're on the precipice of something exciting. Hey, look, I don't know if the Raiders are going to go to the Super Bowl in year one under Josh McDaniels. I'm not saying that. Could they? Possibly. But it doesn't matter because he's setting the table. They don't have all the pieces yet, but they're getting close. They have a lot of pieces. This team is a lot better than people are getting them credit for, at least some people. And even in the AFC West, people are enamored again for the umpteenth time with the Chargers who never deliver. They never win. They never fulfill that lofty expectation of all the potential, even though they've spent more than the Raiders in 2022 um, in the division. But still, it doesn't matter. 
It's what you do on the field. And I'll take Josh McDaniels because he's been there. Yeah, not as the head coach. I get that. He's got six rings. For those of you watching, I held up four fingers. Six rings. Now I'm holding up six. Uh, So anyway, so that was really interesting from Darren Waller. I wanted to share that with you. With the time we have left in this first segment, uh, I want to talk about the whole Indomitian Sioux situation, right? So we know this week, Indomitian Sioux, it started to leak out. We had some reports uh, about the fact that there was mutual interest between him and the Raiders. Of course, Sue played for the, the, uh, the Buccaneers last year, played in 17 games, 13 quarterback hits, six sacks. Not his best season. He's not an elite player anymore, but he's a damn good, solid veteran in the middle, right? So he talked about that. Then there was the, his interview on ESPN where he talked about the Raiders a little bit. Uh, and then um, showing for the viewers on YouTube, you'll see on the screen here his tweet. Adam Schefter talked about, uh, uh, about his interest and that the fact that the Raiders uh, might, might be a team that he could be interested in. And Sue responded in his tweet, Raiders could be fun. <laughs> Negotiating, right? So anyway, so there's been that. He's, he's gone back and forth with a couple of players, including Chandler Jones. He says he's talked to Max Crosby. Later this week, we heard the Minnesota Vikings have emerged as someone he's talking to seriously. We had conflicting reports. Our good friend Vinny Bonsignor over at the Las Vegas Review Journal said, uh, yeah, there was interest, but it seems to be more now on the Sioux side and less on the Raiders side. Uh, and then Tyler Dragon, frequent guest on this show, of course, USA Today, said that they were seriously talking. So there were some conflicting reports there. Both reporters believe in their sources. Uh, and, and those people who want to pit the reporters against each other, it's stupid. Both good guys, both award-winning journalists. They have sources, and that's what they're telling them. So, you know, what is the truth? Um, I'll go with Vinny on this one. Nothing against Tyler. I just think Vinny's got a better connection, obviously, with, with the Raiders. Uh, and you never know what agents are up to as well. But nonetheless... You look at the situation, right? So I, I wrote the stuff down here. You look at the 35-year-old Indomitian Sue. Is he worth it? And I say worth it. Yes, I would love to see him on the Raiders. I think he'd be a great addition. I think that young defensive line in the middle and has lacked talent. It's lacked leadership. Okay? They don't have the push up the middle. I know they have Chandler Jones. I know they have Max Crosby. And that's great at the end position, at the edge. But you need the pressure up front. This has been part of the Raiders' problem for the last four seasons. They've had no pass push and pass rush push up the middle. Okay? You have Bilal Nichols. They signed from the Bears. You have Jonathan Hankins, of course, who's a good player, not a great player. Vernon Butler. Neil Farrell Jr., who they drafted from LSU, the rookie. Clee Farrell, is he going to move out or is he going to stay inside? We don't know yet. They've talked about moving him back outside, but we'll see. So nonetheless, this is a need. They need defensive line help. They need help in that middle. Remember, they're going from the 4-3 to 3-4. Sue has played primarily in a 4-3. So there's there's one strike maybe against him. Who knows? Um, The other thing is, He's made about $8 million a year. The Raiders currently have just over $20 million left on the cap, okay? 
I can't see them paying Indominus Sue $8 million. I just don't buy it. I mean, if he wants to come at a little bit of a discount, if he wants to play for five or six, eh, maybe they could get there. You know, you, you, you back end some of it or you do something or it's just the, the single one-year deal, which, again, Sue has played on one-year deals for the last four seasons. So he clearly doesn't mind doing it. But I think that, that the move to the 3-4, the fact that it, it's probably, at least reportedly, been in the $8 million range. Will the Vikings pay him more? I don't know. Is this a money play for him, or does he want to go where he feels like he can win? I think the Raiders are by far a better team than the Vikings and have a better chance of going deeper in the playoffs than the Vikings do. Maybe I'm wrong. You might disagree. I don't think you will. But the $20 million in cap space, the Raiders have been the 12th most um, uh, spending team this year in the NFL uh, on the roster, right? So they spent the money on the roster, but they got to be careful. But they do need help up front. So I'm interested, you know, I, I tend to think fans get so excited about when people talk about these free agent op- opportunities and you hear Ndamukong Sue and you think of the elite player. And again, he's not that player anymore, but he's still better than anything I believe the Raiders have up front. So I think it's just going to purely come down to money. And I don't think the Raiders can go to $8 million. I mean, wouldn't you... I just, even though it's a one-year deal, they have other things they need to do. You don't know what other free agents are going to pop up. You don't know what other opportunities they may have. Um, And the cap goes up next year. Yeah. But I think there's other things that they need to look at. And you don't know what's going to happen in camp. You know, knock on wood, no injuries, whatever. You you need to make sure you you have about 20 million left on the cap. And so you got to be careful there. And you have some other... Um, um, I think issues you need to take care of. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think. You know, it's not just, oh yeah, we need him. He's perfect. Let's go. What other options are there? Have you thought of any other options? Drop them in the comments. Let me know what you think. But again, I would be on board with Indominus Sue at 5 million a year, maybe even six, maybe even ah seven, I think is pushing it for them. But if he would come in at a lower rate, maybe you build in a bunch of incentives. Uh, but this is the NFL, the modern NFL, man. Guys want their money. So I don't know. If, if Minnesota's going to give him $8 million, I don't think the Raiders can compete. Even if the Raiders' situation is a much better situation. So we'll have to see what they do there. Uh, but, but I just think that the whole thing with Sue um, is going to resolve itself pretty quickly. But it seems like it's cooled from the Raider side. And the <laughs> damn the tweets back and forth between players. I know that gets everybody excited. But uh, the Raiders may, may have to go with what they have. And so we'll have to see how that all rolls out. But um, that is my thoughts on Indomitian Sue. Tell me again in the comments below on YouTube in the lively chat, as you can see, everybody's in there chatting. Lots of great opinions going on there. If you're listening to us on the Mightier 1090, thanks for being with us as well. Make sure you check out SNB Today. That's our Twitter handle, at SNB Today. Also, the YouTube channels I mentioned, subscribe, hit notifications. You got to hit notifications. Don't forget. Also, 
Make sure you check out silverandblacktonight.com where you can catch all of the archives of the show. You can also subscribe to the podcast feed of the show. So if you miss something, you can go back and listen. Uh, You can do that on Apple, iTunes, uh, also on Google Play. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it wherever you get your podcasts, and we appreciate that. All right, we're going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Chris Knox from Bleacher Report. He's going to outline the Raiders' biggest liabilities, their three biggest areas where they're weak heading into camp. Guess what, guys? We're only a few weeks away from camp as we end, get to the end here of June next week. Woo! That means we're about four weeks out. We're going to step aside when we come back. Chris Knox from Bleacher Point will be our guest, and we will continue talking about Raiders football on Southern California's only all-Raiders talk show. That is Silver and Black tonight. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back with Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. To Scott and Mo on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090 Southern California ESPN Radio. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you and uh, certainly appreciated the first segment where we talked about Indomitian Sue. We heard from Darren Waller on the Jim Rome show. All is good. And now we're going to switch gears here in a minute and talk about the Raiders as they head towards camp. We found out on Thursday that camp will start for rookies on the 18th uh, and two days later for the veterans uh, out in Henderson at the Intermountain Healthcare headquarters of the Raiders. So we now know when camp will start. I was thinking it was going to be the week after that, but uh, they clearly want to get out there. And that new regime, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, they're not fooling around. They want to get that team into camp and get working on the 2022 season. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, that leading up to that and what the Raiders need to find out about camp in a minute. By the way, if you can, do me a favor. I don't know if you've checked it out yet. I talked about it a few times on the show here. My new show, it's not sports-related, but I know a lot of fans of the show are also music fans. Check out our new Rock Mysteries podcast, which you can uh, download anywhere you get your podcast. We explore the demise and some of the mysteries around famous musicians, uh, everybody from Kurt Cobain to Tupac Shakur to uh, Sid Vicious. Check it out. Season one has just started. Uh, We have three episodes, a fourth one dropping later this weekend. Uh, So check it out. And you can see here, go to the website, rockmysteries.com and check it out and then subscribe to it on your platform. If you go to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash rockmysteries, you can actually support us there and get early access to the episode as long uh, along with some swag. So we would appreciate you checking that out. All right. Joining me now, uh, glad to welcome 
Chris Knox, he's a writer for Bleacher Report, uh, writes about the NFL and other things too, but we're going to talk to him obviously about the Raiders today. Chris, thanks for joining us tonight on Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090. Thanks for having me. All right, so so let's jump in. You did a great piece up on Bleacher Report uh, about uh, the Raiders and really the three big question marks and weaknesses heading into training camp, which we now know for the Raiders will start on July 18th. And uh, you can find a link to uh, Chris's story right below in our description on both the podcast feed and on the YouTube channel. So, Chris, this first one that you identified uh, as one that all of these are no stranger to uh, Raider Nation when you think about it. But the Raiders pass rush has been a problem for several years, especially in the middle. Uh, Fans are excited because of the addition of Chandler Jones to go on the other side of Max Crosby, who they signed to a long-term deal. But but they have never been able to get that consistent pressure up the middle. Talk a little bit about that weakness. Talk about the defensive line for the Raiders, what they have rolling into camp, and how they might address it. Yeah, so I think the uh, addition of Chandler Jones, obviously, does have people excited and for good reason he's still uh, a top tier edge defender and i think he's going to be quite excellent uh, opposite max crosby where i get a little concerned is like you mentioned the depth on the interior uh the raiders haven't had a lot there they add vernon butler he's not really a high pressure guy they've been trying Cleveland Farrell at defensive tackle. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm optimistic in Patrick Graham's system that he can kind of move in and out from the edge to the interior and, and provide a little bit of depth there. And I think really uh, Belil Nichols is uh, a really underrated addition. He, he can swap from end to tackle. Uh, he's at eight sacks, I think, over the last two years. Uh, not really a high sack number guy, but he can come in and bring pressure. Depth after that, that is questionable. The um, depth at end, uh, while I guess outside linebacker, if they're in 3-4 base, is, is quite questionable. We haven't seen a lot from Farrell since he's been drafted. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. You bring in Kyler Fackrell. Uh, he's kind of, you know, just a rotational guy. I, I don't see a lot there. So I think they're really banking a lot on uh, on Crosby and Jones staying healthy. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then, of course, there's been the conversation. We talked about it earlier in the show, Chris, uh, about uh, Indomitian Sue, who the Raiders have talked to. It seemed like they were a little hot and heavy. The Vikings are also talking to him. And then there's been reports that maybe the Raiders have backed off a little bit. I think he's going to come in at 7 or $8 million. Is that a guy you could see? I mean, he's traditionally played a 4-3 now with Patrick Graham's system and that 3-4, that kind of hybrid. Do you think he could be a fit there? Would that be with those young players that they have internally? Would that might be a good pickup for the Raiders? At that price, I, I don't know if it'd be a good fit. Um, I think as as a rotational piece, um, he'd be valuable. Um, I think he could still do a lot, playing maybe forty percent of the snaps. But yeah, that price tag, I don't I don't know if they have the room room to make that happen. Um, I'll tell you, Larry Ogajobi was a guy I really would have liked to see the Raiders pick up, and he just went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, that was a tough one. Well, you look at the other other weaknesses that you mentioned. Again, we're talking to Chris Knox. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Chris with a K, K-R-I-S underscore Knox. Uh, he's a writer for Bleacher Report. We appreciate him being with us. One of the other positions, and, and covering the team as I have for five years, uh, this has been a, a constant issue for the Raiders, and that is at cornerback. You know, they've gone out, they've done 
they've wasted, and I have to say the word wasted, draft capital on people like Garyon Conley and then, of course, Damon Arnett, a lot of these guys that have never panned out. Uh, and the cornerback position has been an issue for a long time. Talk about that heading into camp. What do you see that you like with the Raiders, and, and where do you see some weaknesses where they might need to either address it or just have some guys step up and perform better? So starting off with what I like, uh, I do like the addition of uh, Rocky Hassan. Um, I think he's a solid, solid to above average starter. Uh, he's pretty reliable. I don't know that I would have traded Yannick Ngakwe to make the move. Uh, I really like him as an edge rusher, but I, I think he'll be good on, on the outside opposite uh, Trayvon Mullen. Now Trayvon Mullen's health and consistency are question marks. So that's kind of, you know, you're kind of on the, on the fence about that. Uh, the depth, I'm not as high on. Uh, I do like Anthony Everett. Uh, he had a really good year with Baltimore last year, but that's kind of his first year as a starter. He was inconsistent before that. So I, I think he's going to be learning on the job a little bit. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see there, too, what they do. And, and of course, with the system change, you, you have some players that were already on the roster, and you have to see how they adjust. Although I think you know the, 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 the early returns on Patrick Graham, and, of course, he comes highly recommended on that Josh McDaniel staff, and I think that that whole unit will be better. I think this entire team is going to be coached much better to a position. Um, and then third, uh, Chris, we talk about this constantly on this show uh, and my, sure. my, my usual co-host, Mo Moten, who's a fellow Bleacher Report writer with you, uh, we talked about it last August going into last season that the Raiders' big weakness was that offensive line. Now you look at what the Raiders have done this offseason. They go out, they get Devontae Adams, they, they lock up Hunter Renfro, they have Darren Waller back healthy, they have Derek Carr signed to his deal. Um, this team has the opportunity to really have a high-powered offense. They have all the skill position players to do it but that offensive line especially on the right side where we just don't know if Alex Leatherwood's going to pan out yet going back to right tackle that could derail them what do you think about that offensive line uh, and how they're going to do it it seems like Josh McDaniels thinks he's going to coach them up and that they'll perform better than they did under the previous regime what's your take on the offensive line heading into camp so I, I think you hit it uh, right there I think Alex Leatherwood's probably the the big big question mark um I'm going to guess he he's back at right tackle. I don't see him playing at guard. That didn't really work out last year. He allowed eight sacks, I think, mm -hmm. which is high for an interior lineman. Um, but I do think Josh McDaniels, an offensive line coach, uh, Carmen Brasilio, uh, will have a plan to, to get more out of this unit. And we've seen that a lot in the past with the Patriots, where they've kind of taken – average to maybe slightly above average offensive lineman and done a really good job in, in pass pro. Um, a lot of that is scheming, getting the ball out quick. Um, but you look at guys like Trenton Brown and Nate Solder have left New England and not really panned out elsewhere. So I think scheme's going to have a lot to do with it. We, we've seen Carr a lot of times. He, he can't get the ball out, and he's going to have three real go-to guys in, in Waller, Adams, and uh, Renfro to get that ball out where he wants it. So hopefully it's not 40 sacks again this year. <laughs> well, and I know that that's the thing with, with this team and, and the excitement around the offensive pieces are there. But, you know, as you know, covering the sport, 
uh, the NFL, you got to win in the trenches. You got to win, and we talked about it as one of their weaknesses up front on defense, but on offense, you got to be able to do it. You have the left side, obviously, he can rely on Derek Carr, but that right side will be interesting uh, to see what what goes on. Now, with this AFC West, Chris, I want to get your, before we let you go, I want to get your comments on this and, and your analysis, which is the AFC West. You saw what happened in the division this offseason uh, from Russell Wilson going to Denver. Of course, to the Chargers getting Khalil Mack and signing who they did, the entire division just kind of went a little bit crazy. And I think, uh, not just trying to play to the Raiders audience here, but I think that the Raiders have kind of gotten the least amount of credit, even though they've improved themselves greatly. When you look at that, and, and I think they're being a little bit underrated because a lot of people are looking to Denver to see how that works, and a lot of people are, again, favoring the Chargers. But when you look at that division and you look at the Raiders and what they've done, how competitive do you think they're going to be in the division? Can they win that division like many of the fans think they can? Can they win the division? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if they're the favorites at this point, but I think you're correct. They're being underrated. I think that's a product of kind of the Raiders' recent history of from season to season being consistent. Also having a new head coach in there. And Josh McDaniels, his tenure in Denver wasn't spectacular to put it mildly. Um, so I think there's some uncertainty there, but you're looking at an offense or a team that ranked uh, top half of the league in offense and defense last year, made the playoffs despite all the things going on away from the field. Uh, now I, I think you're right. They will be better coached up um, in a lot of areas. So, and then on paper, I'd say they're a more talented team than they were last year. So you look at a team that already went to the playoffs theoretically is better, you know, if everyone stays healthy and, and all the normal things. So, yeah, I could see him going toe-to-toe with every other team in the division, and I th- think the division, to a degree, is going to kind of eat itself, and you're going to see a <laughs> lot of teams, a lot of teams in that nine, eight, nine, ten win area when it's all said and done. So, sure, absolutely, they can win the division. Do you think, Chris, do you think that the AFC West is the best division in football now, or where where would you put it or rank it? From top to bottom, it's it's hard to argue that that it's not really. Um, you've got, yeah, I'd say for sure. Uh, <laughs> AFC East has got a couple of good teams and a couple of teams we don't know what they are yet. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the only one other one I'd put up there. Yeah, the entire AFC, I think, is nuts, right? I mean, you look at just how competitive it is, and you look at the young quarterbacks in the league uh, and the talent that is, is done there, including Baltimore, of course, and Cincinnati uh, as well. There's just so much going on, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how that whole AFC West uh, pans out. Chris Knox from Bleacher Report. You follow him on Twitter at Chris with a K, K-R-I-S underscore Knox. Chris, man, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right, there you have it. The big weaknesses going into camp. I, I don't think any surprises there, of course, but I do think that um, some of these will be answered in camp, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're at this point in the offseason where we have about a month now, just under a month, to go until we hit camp on July 18th with rookies for the Raiders. So, so we're guessing. And, and I understand that. And, and, and we're not going to make wild guesses. We're not going to make wild names. But I will tell you that there's going to be competition there, and you never know. This whole new coach, that is the big wild card to me, folks, is that coaching staff. Because you heard Josh McDaniels talk about Alex Leatherwood on offense, which is one of the weaknesses that Chris identified. And with that, uh, he thinks he can coach him up. So there's they're seeing something on film with some of these guys because there's some 
positions they didn't necessarily go out and spend a ton of money on. But the Bilal Nichols uh, acquisition, which Chris called really underrated, uh, we'll have to see. I, I think he can be good. Um, are these people going to be the stars you ne- need them to be? I-, I shouldn't say that. You don't need stars. What you need is solid production, consistent pass rush, and push up the middle, right? If you can get that with the rotation of Nichols and and uh, and the rest of them, Clee Farrell, if he stays inside, okay? Um, Jonathan Hankins. If you can get that from those guys, then you got Mad Max, you got Chandler Jones, you have that pressure there. And it's going to have to happen. Because if you look at the AFC West, now I'm just going to focus on the West. If you look at the AFC West and the quarterbacks of the AFC West, and I know some of you want to malign Russell Wilson. I still think Russell Wilson's a hell of a quarterback. But you're going to have Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes in the division. You're going to have to pressure the quarterback successfully if you're going to win the division, which I think the Raiders can do. There's no question they can do it. They have all the talent to do it. So you're going to have to be able to do that. If you're going to do that, you're going to have to get that push up front. There's just no question. And so you can't just get it from the edge because what will happen is if you're not getting anything up the middle, then they they chip down on, on Max and, and up on Jones and they stop those guys. Or if they push those guys on the outside because they're not getting anything in the middle, then they just can't get to the quarterback. We saw that with Ngakwe last year, right, a couple times. As well as he played at times, there were times he just couldn't finish, right? He couldn't get to the quarterback because he had no help. And I think this is one of the question marks on defense. Now, the other question mark on defense, the cornerback position, which he mentioned, uh, and and some good acquisitions there. And, and you want to see Trayvon Mullen make that next step. He has to make that next step. And I think you'll see this with Josh McDaniels, too, is there's none of these guys being thrown out there and they're underperforming and they stay playing, Okay. They'll take those guys out, and they'll put somebody in and give them the opportunity. Now, we'll see how camp goes. I think we're going to have some surprises when we roll around to July 18th, and we start up with the rookies and then a couple days later with the veterans and through camp up until August 4th, which is the Hall of Fame game and the Raiders' first preseason game uh, at the end of camp. So I think we're going to see surprises. I think we're going to see players perform well. And, of course, there's always camp superstars. that doesn't necessarily translate to the field. But I do think the Raiders have the opportunity with men on the roster to try to see if they can get more out of them. Now, there's always the possibility of some acquisition. We talked about Sue throughout this show. And I'm not closing the door, but Chris agreed with me. $8 million is probably not going to happen. When you got $20 million on the cap, <clears throat> I just don't see them doing it. Okay? So if they can't get Sue, then what can they do? Ooh, I'm rhyming again. <clears throat> By the way, I have to make a joke real quick. Just a quick respite here. For those of you watching on YouTube, um, if you notice the chalkboard behind me, I always put the message board up here with the guests uh, and the topics for the show. And if you'll notice, it says June 22nd. I made the sign on June 22nd a couple days ago. (laughs) And the show's the 24th. So uh, usually I have the date right. I, I blame it all on the COVID mental fog. Uh, but I just had to point that out because I saw it. But anyway, back to the back to the team. So the cornerback position, we'll see there, Trayvon Mullen and others, and what they're able to do. Secondarily, um, you I think at safety, Jonathan Abram, how, what's he going to do? How's he going to perform? It's a make-or-break year. They didn't exercise the option. I think he's gone. 
but let's 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 let him change his, their mind, right? Let's let him go at it and maybe live up to the expectations uh, or the the potential that John Gruden saw when they drafted him much too high in my my book. But nonetheless, we'll see if he can do it. But the glaring thing, all those are important. Of course, as you know, every facet of the game is important, both sides of the trenches, so the defense. But then that offensive line and Alex Leatherwood, yes. You know, it's a lot of pressure on this kid. I mean, rookie year last year, moved positions, underperforming. He's saying all the right things. He got stronger. He lost weight, added muscle, the good weight. But he's going to have to perform at a very, very, very high level for them to really feel like that pick was justified. Josh McDaniels thinks that he's going to get it out of him. So we'll have to see how they do. But that right side of the offense, this offense can be phenomenal because of all that. The Waller, the Adams, Renfro, Josh Jacobs, um, Kenyon Drake, all the weapons they have. But you're going to have to give, you're going to have to give Derek Carr the time to throw. Now, he can get the ball out quick, but it doesn't mean that you're not going not gonna to have pressure. The division is going to be nuts. The schedule's nuts. And the Raiders are going to have to figure out how they uh, are able to build that offensive line into a unit that's going to protect their quarterback and allow him to move that ball around to that three-headed receiving monster uh, in the slot with Renfro and on the outside and wherever they line up. Uh, ball. So... It's going to be fascinating. I think this camp really is going to be fun. Like, there's, yeah, there's pressure to to to, to address those weaknesses that we talked about with Chris, but at the same time, there's so much to be hopeful for. Okay, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the notification buttons. Also, if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, make sure you hit subscribe. Do us a favor too, drop us a nice five star review up on Apple or wherever you're listening to us. We would certainly appreciate that. All right, we are out of time now. We certainly appreciate you being with us. We also want to thank Chris Knox of Bleacher Report for being our guest tonight. We want to invite you. Follow us on Twitter at SNB Today. I am at LV Gull. You can follow my partner at Mo Moten as well as read his latest up on Knot and Bleacher Report. For everyone here at Silver and Black tonight, thanks for being with us. Have a great week. And remember, everybody, be good to one another. Raider Nation, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight, every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.